this episode of the Tennis IQ podcast. I'm Brian Lomax. And I'm Josh Berger. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about clutch performances, um, where we'll define this term of what makes a performance clutch. Um, we will talk about how we can create clutch performances, what are some characteristics of um, clutch performances themselves, and thinking about the mindset that you want to develop and work on ahead of time in order to increase your likelihood of having um, of having a clutch performance, of performing well, really when it matters most. Now, we see um, really at all levels of the sport, big moments. Um, and Brian and I were talking off air how, um, you know, and tennis is unique in that there's, there's no hiding. It's just you out there. Perhaps it's you and a doubles partner. Um, but you you are called upon to hit that that game winning shot or to at least attempt that game winning shot pretty much whenever you're out there um and the having the skill set and having the the mindset um needed to perform well and having that clarity of mind during those big moments is not easy and we see it um at all levels at the professional level where in the biggest moments at match point, we've seen even some of the greatest players of all time stumble in these moments. Um, and as we know, if the greatest, if some of the greatest players of all time will stumble in these moments, then it's even more likely that all everyone else will, will also struggle to handle these moments um, in the best possible way much of the time. So during this episode, we'll talk about um, you know, some of the reasons why that, that might be, you know, what are some of the um, pitfalls to, to performing at our best during clutch moments, during, during big moments? Um, how might we increase our likelihood of performing well in those moments? And then um, talk a little bit about that, that type of mindset and how we can prepare for those clutch moments and, and biggest moments ahead of time. I think, this topic is uh, it's it's resonated with me for a while, Josh. Because I, there are certain losses that I have in my own career. When I look back, I notice that a certain moment came, and I didn't step up. It's not that I stepped back or did anything wrong, but what happened was my opponent stepped up and created a clutch performance. You know, and when we think about clutch performances sort of our tagline here is make it happen. You have to recognize this and you have to make it happen. And, and I distinctly remember several matches in which I did not make it happen. I, I didn't choke. I didn't play worse. But I didn't rise up and recognize the moment. And then upon reflection, I noticed hmm, my opponents did. So this is a, a really big part of being a tennis, a great tennis competitor. Because the you know if you're in the match, there's going to be some clutch moments that that come up, um, and so yeah, I really like talking about this, and I also like talking about it, um, comparing it to flow, contrasting it with flow, how it maybe interweaves with flow, uh, because there are certainly intersections here, um, but as you go through a match, you know flow being more like how we get in the zone or being in the zone, that, that type of thing, playing your best peak performance. Um, but clutch is something that's related, but it's probably more momentary. 
probably co- called for at different times. And uh, that's why I think this is really kind of cool. And I've uh, and we'll get into this, but I've used this as being an encore coach and found that to be very helpful. And so I think not only are we having this conversation for players, but also for coaches, especially college coaches who can be talking to their players during a match. You as a coach may recognize something more quickly than your player does at a certain moment in time. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, I think that's a great point that, um, Oftentimes, the, the coach who maybe is not actually, uh, or who, who isn't actually playing in that moment, um, but is is present, is able to talk to that player, uh, might be able to actually recognize that moment, um, or recognize maybe a hidden uh, moment, a hidden opportunity, and help make that player aware of it. Help maybe remind that player of um, a skill or a mental skill, mental tool that they've worked on that, that could be helpful during that time. Um, so I think that's a great point that um, sometimes these, these sorts of moments, sometimes it's really obvious, right? It's a third set tiebreaker. Um, I think just about everybody's going to recognize that this is a huge moment. Um, but sometimes it's, it's a lot more subtle. Maybe it's a deuce point when we're playing no ads. Maybe it's break point um, somewhere in the middle of the set. And it's it's important to recognize that hey this is this is a this is a huge moment this is a, a moment that could potentially shift this this set or shift this whole match um, so yes from the vantage point of a coach or from even an outside observer um, being able to recognize that um, is important and also for the performer themselves um, starting to notice these moments in your own matches and your own performances as well as in others can. Can, is a huge step, right? If you're aware that this is a clutch opportunity, an opportunity to have a clutch performance, then you can think about that plan that you've practiced. Then you can think about that preparation and that mindset that you want to embody. Um, but until until that, that awareness piece um, is achieved, until you're realizing the moment that you're in, it's tough to really activate that, that type of mindset that you want to have. And I think it, when we talk about clutch moments in tennis, it really brings to light that not every point is of equal weight in a tennis match. And sometimes as coaches or sports psych professionals, we'll ask our players to play every point as if it is the most important point in the match. And that's a good general approach. And we're not actually being contradictory here. But there's also a skill of having some situational awareness and knowing that this point actually means more. There's more riding on, say, break point or a deuce point than, say, first point of a game or love 15. Um, And so that's a big part of understanding how clutch and flow go together or how playing every point as if it's the most important is is an important concept but then again hey this is a moment that i really need to step up and increase that um and so i don't want us to sound like we're contradicting anything here uh, but there are going to be moments where we don't want to be oblivious to the situation because as i described just in my own past 
if you remain the same and your opponent steps up, you probably lose. And that's a real-world scenario. So we can increase our focus. We can increase our intensity. We can change our emotions about a certain situation with respect to pressure. And, and those are some of the things that we want to get into today about how to do that. What does that look like for each of you? Because it's going to be different. We're all going to use different emotions, different thought processes, different focal points. Um, but I want to make sure that we understand, yes, we always want to play the next point as if it's the most important one, but you also need to be situationally aware. And this could be a good exercise for everybody to think about what are the clutch moments in a match? You, you mentioned more subtle ones, right? It, it could be three all in the second set and maybe it's a deuce point or, or, or a break point. That, that could be huge. That could be the end of the match if you step up and take that, that opportunity. Certainly as you get to the business end of sets, four all, five all, a lot of the points there or even just even those games are clutch moments. And, you know, if we think of the, you know, when all, when do the clutch moments happen in tennis? And we're talking about maybe situationally, but just in general, they're important moments. There are moments where potentially the outcome is on the line. And of course, in order for a moment to be clutch, you have to be in contention. If you're getting blown out, there are probably very few clutch moments there. But if, if we're talking about a match that's close, that's getting at least to say three all in each set and beyond that, then then, we're, then you're in contention. And so it's a matter of perhaps even making an inventory of what you think some clutch moments could be so that when they come up, you recognize those. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I think um, we want to recognize them. I think that's, that's a huge step. I think you, I think it's important for, for athletes to, to think back to, to some moments where they've, they've really performed well in the past during, during big moments, try to try to think back to what your mindset was like. Um, Was it, as you said, Brian, and was this a situation where, um, where you were going for it or were you sort of letting it, you know, were you making it happen or were you letting Letting it it happen? happen? Exactly. Right. So were you, were you taking it to the other player? Were you trying to play aggressively? Were you maybe coming up to net, putting pressure on your opponent? Or were you hoping for them to miss? And I think if you think back to some of those best moments, it was probably the former. It was probably you being aggressive, you going for your shots without that fear of missing, without, um, you know, viewing this as a threat of, oh, I hope I don't miss here. But no, this is an opportunity to be clutch and an opportunity to to, to win the match ultimately. Um, so, so I, I also think there's something to, I, th- I think there's some overlap in terms of the type of mindset that you want to have as sort of, you look back at a match where you want to feel that you went out win or lose. I, I will add, um, you want to feel that you went out going for it. You don't want to have regrets that, Hey, I didn't go for my shots there. What if I went for my shots? What would have happened? But instead, if you go for your shots, win or lose, you you can leave that you know leave the court with your head head held high and you know not have regrets that, that you didn't go for it. And ultimately, I think as as tennis players look back at their finest performances and most clutch performances, you'll find the same. These are the moments where you did go for your shots, where you trusted yourself, and you played played free and, and went for it. So. 
I think that's um, as we as we start to talk about you know how we can create some of these clutch performances, recognizing that moment, and you know committing to a game plan and committing to your game and, and to going for going for your shots. And again, what this looks like is going to look a little different based on based on a few things, based on your playing style, based on your strengths. Um, but th- those are definitely a couple of key key points to consider um as we as we start to talk about that i think another thing it goes in with what you're saying with with trust is you have to have confidence in your game but you also have to have self-belief that you can do this because if we if we shift gears and look at other sports because as you said josh in tennis you can't escape the spotlight you if you're in a clutch or a potential clutch moment. You can't tag out. You can't ask your coach to sub you out. You've got to face it. And when we look at sports like basketball and you think of some of the great clutch performers in basketball, you know, in today's game, it's LeBron James, Steph Curry, um, Giannis. In the past, Michael Jordan, Larry Bird. Um, you know, Magic Johnson, these were players who had the self-belief and confidence that even though there was a risk of failure, they wanted the ball. And I think that that is actually something as tennis players, when we think about creating a clutch moment or a clutch performance, is wanting the ball. I want to serve for the match. I want to serve for the set. Or I I, I want to play this point. You know, and we'll get into some questions that players can ask themselves. But I think this is a general thing. And this is what distinguishes, in a sport like basketball, those who are called upon to take the last shot and those maybe who don't want to take the last shot. It takes a special player to do something like that, even though there's a risk of failure. And we as tennis players, we live with that risk all the time. You can't escape it. So I think this is an important concept. Yes, we can admire the clutch clutch performers in other sports, but also know that we get lots of opportunities to practice being clutch in in a sport like tennis. Um, And so, yeah, Josh, you kind of started to allude to, you know, how do you create it? You know, I think first is like is recognizing that, understanding that, um, and then you know there's different things we could do from from there. Really assessing that situation, and then um, maybe it's also about you raising your effort and intensity in that moment. Maybe you set more specific goals. It's uh, it's got to be something that helps you just go a little bit further up, a little bit more to the whole thing because it is a big moment in the match. Yeah. I I think those are, those are some, some excellent and and really helpful guidelines. Um, that I, one one thing I would add to that, and and this is something we've definitely touched on a number of times on, on this show is, um, that the need to put yourself in these clutch situations more often. So through more match play through, more tournaments through more practice matches, you start to put yourself, put yourself in these big moments 
on a more regular basis and you have the op more opportunities to practice the practice trying to handle these types of situations where if you aren't you know frequently playing in a in a tiebreaker or um, you know serving at five all or five six at, at the end of a set um, it's going to be a lot tougher to have the, the the peace of mind to do any of these things from from my experience in my opinion um, so I, I that that's one thing that I would add in uh, but no I, I really liked all of that what you're saying I think um, we talked a little bit about about flow and the crossover here and maybe some some similarities and of course we have an episode devoted to that if, if you want to hear more about that particular topic but um, one thing that stood out to me Brian is when you talked about setting some specific goals and uh, that was something during our flow episode and within that that concept in general that's that's very important having a specific goal and a specific target in mind is a characteristic for um, increasing your your likelihood to achieve flow right if you um, are all over the place with what you want to achieve and where you want, you know, where you're going with a particular shot. It's a lot harder to get into that type of type of mindset that's going to help you um, achieve flow. And it's the same thing during these high pressure, big biggest moments. You need a clear target. Oftentimes, maybe on, on, when you're returning serve, that's just you know that first shot where you want to return. Is it deep down the middle on a first serve? Are you trying to be, you know, aggressive and attack that second serve? Um, are you trying to, you know, set up your serve and your first ball when you're serving, right? Having a clear target and a clear game plan, I think is, is, is a huge piece of this, right? So you're not going in blind. You have a game plan and then it's just about, you know, execution, um, you know, and then having that mindset to, you know, to, to embrace that moment and to go for it and not, as you said, not just let it happen, but, but make it happen, commit to making it happen. And I think part of that is understanding ahead of time that you might fail. You might, you might miss, you might lose the match and accepting that ahead of time, planning some of this out ahead of time, having these conversations, um, thinking some of this stuff through, but understanding that, Hey, you're going to miss sometimes. And, Despite that, maybe yeah. Despite that, you could even say because of that, that do you still nonetheless want to and need to commit to your shots and go for your shots in those moments, um, in order to play your best, in in order to make it happen, in order to raise your level. If you keep, if you're going to keep doing what you're doing, then that then your level won't raise. And as you said, Brian, if the other player decides to go for it they increase their chances of of making it happen um so no i i think those are some great um guidelines in terms of of how to increase um your your likelihood for a clutch performance um and i think we, another thing we can come back to is there are no guarantees right we're talking about increasing your likelihood we're talking about making this more probable but ultimately certain things are out of our control we can do all of these things, we can perform really well. And the other person, the person on the other side of the net could be having their best day, or we could get really unlucky and the ball could trickle over to our side of the net a couple times during the game and we could lose the game. Um, but we were trying to control the controllables and doing everything within our power to give ourselves a good chance to create this performance. And I, I think these are, these are some excellent guidelines. And I think, um, you know, part of it is that mindset going into it 
then that preparation piece. And then part of it is, is recognizing it in that moment. And then that, that commitment piece and, and accepting the result and accepting that certain things are out of our control and that, you know, despite that, we're going to go for it because we, we know that that's what gives us the best possible chance. And some of what you said there, Josh, made me think of the Michael Jordan quote, which I don't have in front of me, but it's all a lot about how he's missed so many shots and lost so many games and failed so many times, but that is why he is a success because he's practiced this over and over again. And I think one of the differences between tennis and, and a sport like basketball is unless it's match point, even if you mess up a clutch moment, there are probably more to come. You still haven't lost. You're still in it. And so there may be another clutch moment coming up. And you know, I can think of matches in which there are multiple clutch moments that you have to step up and, and perhaps repeatedly do what we're talking about. Repeatedly recognize the moment. Assess that situation for what it is right now. doesn't matter if I messed up the last one. Here we are again. It's another clutch moment. Let me let me accept the challenge. Embrace that challenge. Let me set my goals for this point, which is what do I want to do? What are my targets? What's my plan here so I can do that? And then again, step up the effort and intensity and the focus and, and go after it. And so you may actually get many clutch opportunities in just one match. And again, as long as you haven't played match point, you're still in it. So we have to keep that in mind that, you know what, there may be another clutch moment coming up. I've got to be ready. I've got to really kind of hone in on how I, how I handle this. And it's just a learning thing. And I fully agree with you that we want to be practicing these scenarios more and more. Um, the more that players and coaches can embrace pressure training into what they do, some people may call it simulation training. You might call it pressure training, where perhaps you put some consequences on what you're doing. And consequences don't have to be push-ups or punishments. They can also be rewards. But it could also be something like, okay, we're just keeping track of your scores. Or you're just being evaluated by a coach. A coach is watching you and perhaps judging some of the things you're doing. So there are different consequences that you could add on to help players feel more pressure, feel like there are consequences so that when they get into real world situations and a clutch moment comes up, they can handle that better because they've trained for it. They've played under um, you know, some duress in practice where there have been, been some consequences. So I think you know, in terms of the creating that clutch performance, I think we've given a pretty good framework uh, for, for doing that. Um, and then you know, what do we want to achieve when we get into that clutch moment? You know, what does that look like? Yeah, um, I, th I think, I think as you know, what what we want that to look like. I mean, it's there's this is the part where I think there's there's more crossover into the, our conversation on flow. Yeah, right, where we talk about um, you know. Are the fo just complete focus, right? Complete deliberate focus, um, trying to get into the, a point where you can really get into the moment and and get get into the zone as much as possible during this big moment. Um, so you know, having heightened awareness, being able to reach a higher level of focus, um, having an you know 
having feeling like some of your skills or feeling like um, things are a little bit more automatic where maybe you don't have to be as as thoughtful about how to hit you know your forehand or your backhand and you're thinking about getting your elbow back or any of these things but you're able to things can start to feel a little bit effortless um during those moments when you're feeling clutch when you're in that moment um i know the research um, that you know it, it also talks about having heightened arousal um, not having negative thoughts um, you know increasing the intensity of our effort um, and, and again there, there is some some crossover here Brian you did touch on some of these you know some of the differences um, but you know I, I I think we can all look back at perhaps some of our own clutch performances um, and and certainly many of many clutch performances of um, you know, professional athletes um i mean novak djokovic is a is a to me probably the i i can't think of anybody who's come back from match point down as many times um or or just being down and you know down in matches i mean even just recently um you know against stefano Sissipas down in the in the finals um so, you know, the being in the French open finals, being down two sets, um, and being able to, to come back from that. Um, so, you know, I, whether it's that, whether it's being, uh, you know, five love down and then ultimately losing that first set to Nadal at the French open in the semifinals, the match before that coming back, you know, whether it's him saving multiple match points against Federer and grand slam semifinals and finals. Um, you know, I, he is the type of person who has demonstrated um, an ability to embody a lot of these characteristics that we're talking about where um, actually, and I don't think we, this is something we've talked about, but when he's returning serve, sometimes you'll notice it's almost as if he, his eyes get really, really big. And it seems that he's trying to, you know, really get into that moment. Um, It seems like he's, you know, engaging his breathing. It seems like he is just, almost reminding himself and um, using some tools, some mental tools and in order to get into the, into the moment better in order to, you know, fully be mindful and, and, and be aware of everything that's in front of him in that moment. Right. It might be 40, 15 match point down. Um, it might be during a tie break, um, but it's, he has this, this striking ability. And at least he has, developed it over the years right it wasn't always something that he had um i think back to earlier in his career when he you know lost um when he was almost perpetually number three behind nadal and and, uh federer and had lost you know a number of finals and semifinals to these players and I, i to me one of the biggest reasons he's been able to turn his career into one where he's you know really making the case for greatest of all time is because of his performance during these clutch moments is because of this effort and intensity that he's been able to produce during these moments where it almost just seems like a complete sense of focus and awareness um, has, you know, comes over him and he almost is able to find this mode of not missing. And as we talked about with, you know, what going for it or making it happen looks like for each player, that's a little bit different for him, you know, a player that can cover the court, really well and can find, you know, levels of consistency that other players just can't achieve for him. Making it happen might mean not 
missing, keeping the ball deep, and then when the opportunity presents itself, going for the winner. Where for another player, making it happen might mean first strike tennis a little bit more. So I think that's an important point as well. But um, you know, I, I think we can we can look at him. We could certainly look at you know the other big three in men's tennis, Nadal and Federer, and, and you know a number of of their clutch most clutch moments. Um, and on the women's side, there's certainly a you know plenty of examples as well. Um, Naomi Osaka certainly comes to mind as well as, as Ash Barty, I will say. Serena certainly throughout her career. Um, so no, I, I think there's you know countless examples that we can look towards in terms of the, the best athletes in the world finding that mode, finding that level that's needed um, in order to perform at this to perform their best during these clutch moments. And I think um, a lot of these characteristics that we're talking about, um, you know, by, by trying to embrace them and trying to notice these moments and then activate this type of mindset that we're talking about during these moments can, can, you know, increase your, your chances of, of performing well and bringing out some of your best tennis during these moments, despite the pressure, despite the fact that your heart might be racing, despite the, despite the fact that maybe you're thinking about the future and what if I win this match, what is, you know, who am I playing next? I can't wait to play that person tomorrow or later this afternoon. Um, or, you know, what thinking about what if I lose this match, but really embracing that moment, being mindful and trying to really activate this skill set and this mindset that we're talking about. As you were talking about Novak Djokovic, it made me think about our French open recap from, a. Uh, a month or so ago, when we were discussing the fact that he was down two sets to love to Boss in the final. And and as you're des- describing that, I'm like, you know, the big clutch moment in that match was beginning of the third set. And we talked a lot about what he said in his press conference, how he went off the court. And so if we look at the characteristics of a, you know, a clutch performance, um, or you know, or recognizing that right when it is, um, you know, he he did recognize that this was a big moment. He turned around his self talk in that moment. He challenged himself to be better out there. He talked to himself in a way that got him to increase his effort and intensity at the beginning. Set some specific goals about, like you said, Josh. Pretty much not missing. I'm not. I'm going to refuse to miss. I'm going to hit with confidence, but I will not be missing anymore. Um, and he just he just embraced that situation, and it just turned the match around. And so that's a perfect example, I think, also of there are going to be matches where you're not playing great, yet you still may find yourself in a clutch opportunity, a clutch moment. You've got to be mindful and aware of the situation. And it doesn't matter if you haven't been playing well up until that moment. All that matters is the moment is here. What are you going to do about it? And this is where you need to be present. You need to be mindful of that. And that's what Djokovic did. Didn't matter that he didn't play his best tennis in those first two sets. He was still in the match, came out, turned it around, and as Tsitsipas said in his press conference, it was like he was playing a completely different player because he got into 
you know what we what we see with that crossover with flow. Djokovic was much more confident in his game. He was much more focused. Um, his effort had increased. He didn't look tired like he did in the second set because he looked tired in that second set. Um, the negative voice, he put it to the side and used his more positive, productive voice. Uh, and then he had no doubt in his skills from then on. And as he said, from there on, you know, the doubts went away. He was able to, to, to play the way he wanted to from then on. So really great example, I think, of someone who wasn't playing well, recognized a clutch moment, and then it turned it around. Yeah, yeah. And I think, um, you know, what I, I, I think that that beginning of the third set is is a, an opportunity, right? Is maybe one of these hidden hidden moments where you wouldn't always think, okay, the beginning of the set, um, not not every player is has that awareness, has that um, recognition that, okay, this is a chance to turn the, that match around. Um, a lot of players, you know, if it's, if it's six all um, and it's time for the tiebreaker and it's match point, obviously you're going to be awake um, and, and, and notice what's going on. But, um, you know, oftentimes it is the beginning of this, of the set where things can really shift. Maybe it's, you know, most people, who are listening probably aren't playing five setters too, too often, but, or, or best of five matches, but maybe it's the beginning of the second set. Maybe a player lost the first set. They're, you know, they're maybe down and out. They're feel defeated, but you get up a break in that second set. And just that, that brief moment is what, um, you know, what makes you able to turn that match around. I think another important point is that, we often talk about, you know, the, the scoring system of tennis, how it can be, um, you know, very challenging um, because, if, yeah, for a couple of reasons, but, you know, every point, it does, is, is counts as one point, but they, as, as we know, as we've talked about, they, they don't, they're not all equal and there is no way to just run out the clock, right? Um, but on the other side of things, that, um, as, as you've alluded to, Brian, that, that means that you will have more opportunities. Unless it's a match point, there will be other opportunities. There's no way for the other player to run out the clock. And as long as you continue to play well, as long as you continue to win points, you're still in the match. Um, so there, you know, there's sort of always that possibility of turning a match around. I, you know, I, th- I think there's plenty of, of examples of, players turning around sets from, you know, being down five love, five one, turning around to, you know, tiebreakers from um, scores that, you know, you, you wouldn't have imagined. But um, really, if, if, if you start winning points um, or you even start winning by, by winning one point, that, as, as I think we've all seen, that can turn into a chain reaction that can lead to, um, to, to better and better um, result and then ultimately turn a match around. Um, so I, I, I think as we as we think a little bit more about this topic, um, you know, I, I think oftentimes there's almost the assumption that people might play worse during these moments because of what they're experiencing, um, because they might not be, you know, feeling their best. They might be, you know, afraid of some of the consequences of um, losing during that moment or missing during that moment. 
Um, but as you said, Brian, there, there is that opportunity to rise to the occasion to, you know, to really go for it during that moment. Um, and, and perhaps, you, you know, there, there's even that opportunity if you haven't been playing your best, if, you know, you're, if things haven't been going well, you're, you're the higher rated player, you're the higher ranked player. And all of a sudden you're in a three set battle and maybe in the back of your mind, you didn't envision the match going this way. You're frustrated. Um, but do you have, are you able to be mindful enough of the moment to put whatever's happened in the past over the last, you know, set or two or three behind you and focus on the moment and focus on, okay, what's important right now? What's going to help me during this moment to produce a clutch performance, um, to perform well. And, off, and, and generally that's not thinking back to those you know, previous sets and thinking back to maybe you not performing your best or, you know, obviously thinking of the future and then the what ifs and um, getting, getting all of that started, getting that whole thought process started. So, um, you know, finding that clarity of the moment and, um, you know, oftentimes it, it can be through a deep breath. Um, it can be through some of these routines we've talked about. It can be through maybe that 90 seconds that you have during a changeover where you're able to slow things down for a second and recognize what this moment that's in front of you and decide to go for it and decide to try to make it happen. I think along with that, and and we discussed this earlier um, in the conversation, in that moment, you've got to rely on your self-belief. You've got to believe that you can win. Because if you don't have that, then you're not going to step up. So there has to be that that basis that I can win, I can succeed in this moment. Because oftentimes it's the difference between playing to win in that moment or, or something else. You may not be playing not to lose, but maybe you're not exactly playing to win. And that's where we've got to recognize that this is a, a moment for me to step up and I want to play to win. I want to make something happen. That's what we're talking about. Don't just let the match happen. Recognize this moment, make something happen. Um, so I think with that in mind, we could start to give the listeners uh, a framework for helping them develop a clutch performance or develop their mindset for a clutch performance. And I think this is where it's going to be different for everyone. There, I don't think there's any right answers here. And we can talk about some of the questions that you know we've put together. Um, and what some potential answers are, but I think these are good questions for the uh, listeners to to come up with. Um, and I think the first thing that we want to think about is how do we envision our seeing ourselves play? This is almost like making sure that you have a vision so that you know you're kind of starting with the end in mind. So this is how I want to play. So we want to start with that. So I think a, a good question for players would be, how would you ideally like to perform in, in such clutch moments? Um, we've talked a lot about different characteristics we've uh, of, of what that looks like, but individually, you may break that down into some, to, into some more specifics. As you said, Josh, some players may be more like a Federer and very aggressive and looking to be first strike. Others may be more like Djokovic, who are going to break you down with their level of consistency. And they may even induce errors from their opponents because they're just 
it's just impossible to hit a winner. So we all have to know what our strengths are when we look to ideally perform in that moment. Um, so I'm just curious about you, maybe if you have any additional thoughts about setting that vision for how you want to play. Yeah, I, I think it's important to be really clear about your playing style and your game plan. Um, I think this this is also, I, I would say, visualiza visualization and, and actually going through that mental rehearsal of some of these moments and, and seeing yourself playing the way that you are preparing to or, you know, are envisioning um, is, is important here, um, as, as well as planning out some of that self-talk ahead of time. So knowing, okay, you know, this, this is the moment we're going to, you know, sit telling yourself, go for it or telling yourself, you know, this is, this is the moment or telling yourself, this is what we, you know, this is what we practice for or whatever it is. Again, it's going to be different for each person. But figuring out what works best for you and trying to plan out some of this stuff, planning out, okay, what is my playing style? What are some patterns I really like? What are some things I can tell myself, um, you know, in, in terms of self-talk? Um, and the more that you can prepare ahead of time um, in terms of, you know, that, that mental rehearsal um, and, and imagery, visualization, um, you know, preparing, maybe writing writing down what are some some potential scenarios you might find yourself in and then how you want to actually handle some of these. Um, for instance, okay, uh, maybe it's, you know, you're down four or five in, in the set or, um, you know, it's, it's the end of the tiebreaker or whatever it is, but writing it down, thinking about some of these emotions and feelings you might be experiencing in that moment and then coming up with a, a clear game plan for how you're going to handle it and how you're going to respond in that moment so that when that moment occurs and it will occur especially if you know if you play enough matches you will find yourself in these big moments time and time again um that, that you have a, a plan for how you're going to handle it you're not just winging it um and and also trying to learn from these experiences um it's all data it's all you know it's it's all just more matches and the more that you can learn from from each time you're out there um you know what you did well what didn't go so well what you learned from it um, the, the better chance you have of doing a little bit better the next time around. I think your idea of planning this out is spot on. And so when we have a sense of how we want to perform there, yeah, let's create some self-talk that defines more like our attitude toward this situation. So like you said, hey, this is what I want. This is why we're here, right? Those are great phrases to use to get you then to feel like you're embracing it accepting the challenge, which is a big part of being clutch, is embracing that. Um, you mentioned the emotions. Yeah, there might be some typical emotions, but what are the emotions you want to use? And this really is going to be different for everybody. We all have different productive emotions that help us to function in an optimal way. So what are those for you? What are the ones that you want to use? And I would strongly suggest adding something about your confidence and self-belief into that that part of your your planning out this process. And then lastly, what are you going to focus on? What are some of the controllables that perhaps you can narrow it down to? Because I think when we talk about a clutch performance, yeah, it's it's about flow or you know being in the zone. But to me, it's like when you watch it, you feel like somebody's just locked in. Like you said with Djokovic in his eyes. They're just locked into the performance. And so when you're planning out 
how you want to approach these situations. You want it to be something that you can really lock into. And very often that, that can be something simple or should be something, something simple like your routines or I'm just going to be focusing on attacking the ball. I talked to a student today, um, good, good national adult player. One, his big focal point is simply attacking the contact point, always doing that. Like, that's great. It keeps it simple, and that's something you can really emphasize in a clutch moment because we might be a little bit nervous and we're not attacking that. Maybe we're just backing away from that, and that's got a lot to do with the eyes. So I think that that's something everybody should really plan out is how they want to do this. If you're a coach, say you're a college coach, have your players do this. And then you look at the responses so that when you coach them individually, you know what to say to that player versus another player. You have a better sense of what this player's clutch performance looks like or wants to look like versus another. Um, Maybe they've got a different deuce point play than another player. And you want to be aware of that as a coach so that you can be encouraging encouraging those those types of things. Um, but yeah, like we said at the beginning, I love this stuff because I think as a coach, um, this was really, even though I went over this stuff with the team, I found it truly helpful as a college coach to know about all these things. And because in, in a way, when you're doing college coaching, you're, you're actually a, really a part of the team. You're, you're helping that player in that moment, which uh, most other sports get to do. We don't normally get to do that. Um, and so you can, by you just keeping your wits about you, staying calm yourself, becomes easy to recognize this stuff and then help your player through it all. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think that's a great point. I think um, being, yeah, college college coaches are in a, a- a unique position to, um, you know, actually talk to that player in the moment, maybe during a changeover um, as they're changing ends and um, remind them of of some of this stuff. And, you know, I I think that, I think that's a great point. And I think, um, yeah, I, I I just think, you know, about a place maybe, maybe to end things on um, as we, as we start to wrap up, could be, um, you know, just trying to have that mindset of embracing that moment of, you know, viewing it as a challenge, viewing it as an opportunity rather than a threat. I think the more that you can get into that mindset, the less pressure you'll feel, the less negative emotions hopefully you'll you'll be feeling, and the more that you can go for it, and the more that you can, um, you know, lean towards that moment rather than backing away from it. Yeah, and. I would say maybe just for me to end on this, um, think about some of your favorite clutch performers. Be that player. Even if it's from a different sport. If you love LeBron James or Michael Jordan, be the Michael Jordan of tennis. Or be Novak Djokovic. Be whatever. Notice, you know, have some clutch performer in your mind that you can aspire to be. Um, and I think that can be very, very helpful because uh, now you have a model for how to to go out and and do this stuff. All right. Well, that's our show for today. Thank you all for listening. For more on today's show, please check out the show notes. If you have any feedback or questions for me and Josh, please email us at tennisiqpodcast at gmail.com. You can also send us questions via the Twitter hashtag tennisiq. 
Additionally, please subscribe to the show on your podcast platform of choice, including YouTube, so you can be notified of new episodes. You can also check out our Instagram account. Thanks again, and we will speak to you soon in our next episode.